Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to our Sunday message, Sunday the 25th of February 2024. We'll begin by just reading our scriptures. This morning we're going to Galatians. We're going to be reading Galatians 1 from verse 15 to 18. Let's just go there. Galatians 1, 15 to 18. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days. In Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 32-34, we read, then the apostles gathered to Yeshua and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless this word to us this morning. Help us, Lord, to understand your heart as we, your people, dwell on this earth and do what we can to extend your kingdom. May this word help us to do just that, Lord. May we be better people because of the time spent in your presence. We ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. Praise God. Now, I'm sure many of us have had the inconvenience at some stage of going to a business, a store, only to find that the doors are closed. And the reason why, as stated on the door, is that they are busy doing a stock take. The title of this message is Taking Stock. What a stock take is, as I understand it, very simply, that business closes for business for a period of time to give them an opportunity to manually count every item that they have in stock on their shelves. Quite a laborious and painstaking process. But this is done normally once a year, and the question is why? Well, obviously, it's very important for a business to know exactly what their stock is, exactly how much they have. And no doubt they have got accounting systems and paperwork and computer systems that would tell them how much they have. But despite that, it's necessary every now and again to make sure that what is on the books lines up with what is on the shelves. Very simply stated, I think that's what a stock take is. Now we see here that it seems to be a pattern. And one understands that this is God's desire for you and I to do this kind of process in our own lives. We read here in Galatians how Paul separated himself for a while. You think about his career up till that wonderful Damascus Road experience where he has a personal encounter with the living Lord. And you can see the hand of God in all of it. He was trained. He was highly trained. He was trained by the best teachers of that day and age in the Bible of the time. He was training up for, in a sense, the ministry or service as a lawyer in those days. And he was highly educated. 
he studied under Gamaliel, who comes into the scriptures here and there. Now, he had all that education, but despite that, he was on, as we know, the wrong track. Then he has this revelatory encounter with Christ, and everything changes. A dramatic moment, a turning point in his life. Now, if we read the narrative, you'll see that this conversion gets converted into an attempt to get everybody saved on a daily basis. Like many of us, we get saved and we think it's time for us to save the world. And we give it a go. That's exactly what Paul did. It caused, I think, more problems than anything else because, obviously, this man who had been persecuting the Christian church now claims to be one of them. It was quite difficult for the church then and there to swallow. But there's something else to the story. You see, Paul had had this encounter, but he also had this great fund of intellectual knowledge. And Paul, if we look at his ministry, realizing that he wrote two-thirds possibly of the New Testament, and his thinking, inspired by the Holy Spirit, forms to a large part the basis of our understanding of the New Testament church. That thinking just didn't suddenly happen overnight. It took time to formulate. He had the background, which was God's doing, I believe. But he had to, in a sense, marry this intellectual background with this new experience and formulate for the New Testament our doctrine based on the old scriptures. For that to happen, it was important for Paul to separate. As we see here, he went off to Arabia. The suggestion is that he actually went to the same place where Moses received instructions from God. But be that as it may, the point is, Paul had to spend time apart. It's not something that he could actively formulate while he was busy. Now, a lot of his teaching, as we see later on, was formulated from experience. But we realize that all this experience had a basis. When there was a threat to the church, Paul was able to confront it because he was convicted. He had a conviction of what he believed. He knew exactly what he believed. And you and I need to be in that position as well. As you know, we try to encourage us as children of God to have clear in our thinking what it is we believe. What we understand, it's so very, very important. But we realize that that doesn't just suddenly happen. My point here is that for this ability to make solid what we know, took a period of stepping aside, out from the humdrum of ministry, etc. Fast forward to the New Testament, we see here this example. Christ and his disciples are busy ministering. John the Baptist has just been beheaded. His disciples come and tell him this terrible news. There's a tremendous move of God that they are involved with. There are great crusades taking place, people getting healed. Things are really happening. So much so that Christ says to the disciples, Yeshua says to his disciples, let's just for a bit step aside. Let's step aside for a while. They were so busy that they didn't even have a chance to go and eat. So that's really busy. So you see, what happened is, it was necessary for him to say to them, let's just step aside. Now, there's two things here. And the first is this, that 
the stock take, as it were, is something that needs to happen on a regular basis. And the other point is that for it to happen, day-to-day activity has to stop. You can't do a stock take in a business if people are coming in, buying, etc., and the stock is changing all the time. There has to be a stop, you see, a separation in a sense from daily activity. Just like the Lord said, let's just step aside from everything we're doing and catch up with ourselves. Now, the reason behind stock taking is that what you and I might have on the inventory, on our systems, might not line up with what is on the shelves. Because of one thing or another, quite possibly there's been theft or something like that, or breakages, or loss of stock. For whatever reason, what we're supposed to have is not what we actually have. What we are supposed to be doing and having is not what's actually taking place. The factual needs to catch up with the theoretical. So important. The reason being that in life, things, because of whatever reason, pressure, etc., fall apart. You take a guitar, for example. You can play a guitar and it can be perfectly in tune today, but so often, come tomorrow or later on in the day even, those strings have now slowly but surely come out of tune. What do you have to do? You have to stop and tune them, you see. You can't carry on playing and try and tune at the same time. It doesn't work. Another good example would be taking a car in for a diagnostic test, as they call it. In this day and age, they've got fantastic computer systems, and you take your car there, and what happens? They just plug the car in. And what that system does is a diagnostic test and gives a report, and it shows what's been worn, what is lacking, what is missing, what is possibly broken. The way the car should be is exposed by this diagnostic test to show what it actually is. And then you see, once one knows the difference, one can take remedial action. That's the point, you see. We can take remedial action. If we don't know, For example, if a business doesn't know that stock is disappearing, it can't take remedial action. It can't check its security system. It can't check the delivery system. It can't check the breakages procedure. It's so important to have, as it were, a hand on what's actually happening. Because, as we said, things can fall apart. Now, that's exactly the same with you and my life. As we all know, life is very, very stressful these days, always has been in a way, and it seems to be getting more and more fast, more and more busy. There seems to be much more that everybody has to get done, not only just to live, but to survive almost. And there's busyness and things happening all around. We all know this. And in all of this, there is a big danger that without even realizing it, without being aware of it, things are being changed slightly. And our direction, our focus, starts to move very subtly. Now that's the devil's trick for you. That's his plan. As I always say, he's a creeper. He doesn't come to you and say, oh, well, don't do this, do that, normally. 
He likes to keep us going at what we are doing, but very subtly move us. Of course, you see, take a guitar, for example. You don't know that it's out of tune to start off with. It takes a bit of time for it to make you aware that it's definitely out of tune. My piano as well. That piano now needs tuning, you see. That didn't happen after the last tuner left. It took time for those strings to slowly but surely get out of tune. Your car as well. Wear and tear. Slowly but surely, what happens? Oil levels change. The water levels change. The bearings wear. Things happen. We don't even realize it at first. And you see, if we don't take stock, as it were, what can happen is that wear and tear continues and suddenly it becomes a breakage. Now, the old saying that a stitch in time saves nine has relevance here. If we become aware of what's missing, the sooner we do, the better, so that we can take remedial action. The same with our health. A doctor's checkup is about that exact same thing. We might be merrily going along, not realizing that, hey, your kidneys are struggling a bit, or your sugar levels climbing a bit high, or cholesterol level, etc., etc. Now, if we don't take a diagnostic test, as it were, we don't take the trouble to take stock. What is small now eventually could suddenly end up as something big. Very often that can be too late. It's easier to set something right to start off with than to deal with a breakdown. Very much like going on a hike. If you go on a hike in the countryside that's particularly flat, the big danger is we can have a compass bearing and to start off with, if we just one half a degree off, we'd be going generally in the right direction. But over a period of time, that little degree off ends up in us suddenly coming to a place that looks strangely familiar. And it's happened more than once, let me tell you. You find that you've gone a full circle. What started off as slight, of course, became totally of course, and in fact, a total reversal. Now you see, your and my life has this potential. And we're talking here more spiritually, obviously, than anything else, although it applies to every area of our lives. But you know that it's so easy for you and I to very subtly, in the course of events, not ever making a decision to do so, not ever consciously saying, no, I'm not going to do this, but just incrementally, as it were, bit by bit, be pushed off what we're supposed to be doing. And that's the reason I believe that God has instituted the Sabbath, the Lord's Day, as we've spoken about before, that time to step aside and reflect. Please note something. You might say, well, this is obvious. Why don't we all just do it? Well, you see, the point is that it is quite a costly business. That business that has to close down for a day closes the door to sales. And that's the challenge that they face, the toss-up that they face. Do we lose a day's business by frustrating customers who come along and see closed stock-taking for the sake of knowing where we stand? And if we understand this correctly, you realize, yes, it is worth the while. We might be saying, well, things are going so very well, I can't stop now. I can't break now. And that's understandable. But you see, 
if we realize that the danger is, by being so busy, the small issues that are arising are not getting dealt with. And we can find suddenly that we're completely off course. So you see, there is a great advantage in you and I, on a regular basis, taking stock. It means stepping aside, stepping out of the humdrum of existence and taking a sober look at where we are at. And you see, that kind of stock taking can take place on a daily basis when we have what you might call a quiet time. It can take place also on a weekly basis when we have the Lord's Day, probably at the end of a month, probably annually. You and I have to decide for ourselves. But you see, what is the essence of taking stock? It is this business of shutting down, not being busy with everything that has to be done. And stepping aside, as the Lord said to his disciples, let's go aside for a while. Stepping out of the busyness and taking a hard look, cold, hard look at where we're actually at. The other thing that one needs to realize is that it's no good taking stock if you don't have some idea of what your stock should be. You see, if we just stop and count what we've got, we come up with a number. So what? There's no value in that. The value comes in knowing what we should have and counting the stock and seeing, my goodness, there's a discrepancy. It's in that difference between what should be and what is, the theory and the fact, that is the benefit of a stock take. Because then the endeavor can be to change what is factual, to line up with what is theoretical. You know where you are. In a big business with lots and lots of money coming in, lots of stock flowing out, a stock take can be a very, very traumatic experience in a way, but very, very necessary. There can be so many little loopholes where, without realizing it, stock is being lost, draining away. Time is being drained away, etc. The same with us as humans. But to be effective, when we take stock, what have we got to do? We have to know where we are supposed to be. We could look at ourselves and say, oh, well, I'm doing well, I'm doing fine. I know people that their lives are actually in a complete mess. And they turn around and say, oh, I'm a complete success story. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're not. Now, what's the problem? In their own minds, they're doing well. But in their own minds, they're not comparing themselves to what the Word says or what we should be. We're not talking about comparing with other people, of course. We're talking about comparing ourselves with what God expects. And you see, that's why we have the precious Word of God to guide us. And there's this process that should always be going on in our lives where we're taking stock of where we actually are. And when we read the Word of God, and it tells us where we should be, that's not time to throw up our hands and say in despair, oh, I'm not like that, there's no hope. Not at all. What is that? It's like tuning the guitar, you see. I've got a built-in tuner. It tells me if the thing is on E or not. There's a light. When it goes green, you know you're on course. 
If I don't have that, I've got to find a note from somewhere else that is the right note. I can't just tune the guitar to itself. It will work for itself, but if you play with anybody else, it'll be a shambles. So you see, we've got to have an absolute on which to base our existence. The other thing we've got to have is an understanding of what God wants us to do. I always say this. If we don't know what God's expecting of us and what he wants us to do, what he's called us to do, we'll have no idea what we are supposed to be doing. We will be involved with activity, surviving, maybe even thriving in our own minds. It's so important to know what we're called to do and from time to time, take stock. Look at our life. Compare it with where we are supposed to be, where we believe God wants us to be, and say to ourselves, how am I doing? Am I moving in the right direction? It's so easy, and I've seen this happen so many times. People have a great call on their lives, and then very subtly they get moved off it. In the back of their minds, this idea, well, someday, one day, and one day never comes. never happens. And eventually what happens, suddenly they realize, too late, too late. We don't want that to happen. We don't want that to be our testimony, as it were. We don't want to miss our destiny. But you see, you and my destiny won't happen just suddenly, by some strange, miraculous act. It takes looking at where we are, daily taking stock. I always say this, the happiest people on this earth are those who know exactly what God has called them to do and have organized in such a way that what they do every single day moves in that direction. Their lifestyle is tied up with their destiny, and they know it. That's fulfillment. It doesn't matter what you're called to do. Whatever it is, it has no effect on the satisfaction that one gets out of knowing that what we're doing is what God wants us to do, and ultimately, that's what's going to manifest in us fulfilling our destiny. But you see, for that to happen, it's not just a once-off thing. Oh, I'm going to become a doctor, so let me go to medical school. Well, that's a good step if that's where you are called and you know it. And obviously there's a lot of rigors at medical school, challenges, etc. And one has to confront them and grow thereby and expand in knowledge, etc. And in skill. But even there, one's got to keep an eye out and take stock. God might want you to be a doctor, but what does he want you to be a doctor for? Can you see? You might have wonderful results from your medical school, be set up. Well, the question is, where do you fit in? And if we just go with the flow, the world system, as it were, we can have this great call but not fulfill it. What's going to stop that? This very process, taking stock. Taking stock. Paul had this great experience where he encountered the living God. He tried to get going. It was a mess, basically. He caused more problems than anything else. And in God's wisdom, he was separated for a time just to consolidate what it is that he knew, what it is that he had learnt, how this whole experience now fitted in with the church and what God wanted to do. And once he had that solid foundation, he could launch. The practicalities took time to work out, for sure, like everything. We don't know everything before we start. But that's the beauty of realizing, as you and I go along, every now and then, what do we have to do? Stop. We have to stop. 
Many times you might say, well, you know, that's ridiculous. I'm so busy now, I can't stop. Stop. Check. There was one pastor I heard about running a ministry, very successfully, by the way, in America. And things were going very well. And one morning he was just praying. He felt in his spirit. No, 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 something's wrong. He got all of his staff to shut down everything and to pray and to wait on God, just to make sure that they were on the right course. I thought that was very instructive. I believe God would honor that. You and I might be so busy doing stuff we don't realize. There's something not right. And if we stop and give God a chance to speak into our lives, in a sense we give him a chance to take stock. It's a good idea to sit with God and say, Father God, what do you think? How am I doing? It's quite a challenging question. And you see, it takes bigness of heart to sit quietly and wait. You might be surprised. You and I might be very surprised what he has to say. We need to take stock from time to time. Course correction, as I've explained before, very, very important. Just think of Philip, the evangelist. He was busy running a crusade very, very successfully. Things were going swimmingly. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit tells him to go to a remote part of the country, to go to the road leading to Gaza. Philip went, obediently. He dropped everything and went. What happens? He meets the Ethiopian eunuch, and the whole story goes that eventually a whole nation was turned to Christianity. He could have easily said, no, I'm just busy, forget about it, I can't do that now. And that's with taking stock, you see. You know, I need to realize there comes a time and we need discipline to stop. Now, there's two aspects to it. We've spoken about your and my calling and what we're called to do and making sure that we're on the right track. The other part of a diagnostics test is to check that we are on the right track morally, that our lives line up with the standards required of us from God. And they're very high standards. Now, we are called to holiness, and the truth of the matter is that you and I will only be effective if we are holy. What does that mean? It means being set apart from the world system. And the truth of the matter is that as you and I are involved with this world system, without realizing it, it's almost a supernatural thing, demonically supernatural thing. Our moral mentality, if I can call it that, gets tinged, gets colored, gets discolored rather. And it's such a subtle thing because we are exposed to so much of the world through internet, YouTube, etc. We're all in the same boat. It's inevitable. And without realizing it, our standards, as it were, come under attack. Very subtly, they start to decay. We start to talk like the world, think like the world. Behave like the world. And at first, once again, it's very subtle. We don't realize it. That's why it's important to lift up our lives in the light of the gospel. There was an occasion where we were with an organization and there was a man there that I respected. I made an appointment with him. And I said to him, I said, look, here I am. I'm looking at this appointment as going to a car dealer and getting my car tested diagnostically. 
I said to him, can we just pray for a bit? And if God speaks to you about anything that you see in my life, I'd like you just to help me, just to explain that to me. And he did. And what he said was of use to me, great use. Once again, we can so easily say, oh, well, I'm fine. I'm much better than you see. And we're going to the comparative game. I'm better than that one and that one. And let me say this. There will always be people that are operating way beyond you and my level morally. That's the nature of this world. But we're not supposed to be comparing ourselves with anybody else's behavior. It's no good to say, well, I'm a good person. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't robbed a bank. And I pay some of my tax. And on occasion, I pay my tithe. That's not good enough. Do you understand? That's not good enough. We're not trying to earn God's favor. We know that. But his standards are much higher than that. It goes down to everything you and I think. Everything that you and I do. Everything that you and I feel. Everything you and I say. The standards are very high. And they get higher for you and I as we learn more and more. And we have to compare ourselves not with anybody else. Although we can look at good examples and learn from them. Yes, and we must. But our example is Christ. We need to look at him very carefully every day and make sure what we are doing, what we are thinking, our attitude, that's the big thing, our attitude. Line up our attitude with God's word. Our attitudes can change so very quickly. They can be polluted so very quickly. We can so easily get into despair. We can so easily get into despondency. We can so easily get into frustration and anger and hatred sometimes so easily and we might not even realize that we're already there but you see this business of taking a diagnostic test taking stock ask ourselves is that really necessary that attitude how do you regard that person or that organization is it really necessary how should i regard that person what should my attitude be if we keep short accounts of unforgiveness in our heart, that's what it means to take stock all the time. Have I really forgiven? Am I really over that? Do I really think well of that person? Very high standards. And so the encouragement to you and I is this. We're not talking about being so introverted that we don't get anything done. Every five minutes checking up. No, no, no. We're talking about living life to its full every day being involved with what God wants us to do. What we are recommending here, according to these scriptures, is every now and then, stop. Separate. Be quiet. Be honest. Be real. Be open. Give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to challenge us. Take stock of our lives. And then have the courage, when we've heard what we needed to hear, take the necessary remedial action. And if we do that, we make sure we keep on course. We're ready, available for God to move us. And the movement with God is always deeper. You won't find God saying, oh, well, you've reached a certain level now. You can plateau for the next three years. You'll never hear him say that. He might as you now take stock, tell us, listen, you're doing fine. However, there's much more. Challenge us, you see. Maybe in new areas, new directions, new horizons, more challenges, greater excitement in life.
That's what God wants for us. Never to grow stale. Never to be caught up in mediocrity. But the world system, if you and I don't fight it, will do exactly that. Get you and I to merge with the crowd and be of no consequence, really. And God doesn't want that. But only you and I can change that. And the way to change it, the starting place, is to be realistic and regularly challenge ourselves. Challenge ourselves. You did that okay, but there's much better. With that attitude, you and I will grow exponentially and will bring greater and greater glory to the living God, which is exactly why He made us. May you be blessed in the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you.